0: Hey friend, what's up? My name is Christy and welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary, the Storytellers series. So I don't know about you, but I love learning about people and really life in general through other people's stories. And I think it's total BS that we have celebrities and entrepreneurs that are everywhere telling us stories about their lives. There are plenty of people just like you and me that have stories worthy of telling. And I think talking to people like you and me make the stories more relatable and really more impactful. So the Storyteller series is a space for you and people like you and me to share their story or at least one of them, because we all have so many freaking stories that make up who we are. So... Prepare to be encouraged, inspired, moved, or entertained, or, you know, maybe all of the above. So uh, let's get this party started, shall we? All right, all right, all right. You know, I've actually never seen Dazed and Confused in its entirety, but I like quoting what I know. Um, I think those were... The first words Matthew McConaughey actually uttered on film, and I believe it was a total improvisation. <laughs> As is this. So you're welcome. Anywho, welcome back to another episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. Or welcome. If I'm saying welcome back, seriously, thank you for coming back. And if uh this is your first time, this is seriously what you get. I am... (laughs) I am unscripted. I have a child who is in the room with me. This is my life and uh, I try to be as real as possible. Um, It's not even try. I just... This is just my life and uh, hopefully you are okay with that. In today's episode, I am talking to... Ashley B and when i described her to my husband a few minutes ago i said she's so sunshiny and she is um she is sunshine and all forms of light and positive electricity i don't know if that's a thing in human form and this was really my first conversation with her i mean she and i had chatted via Instagram, but this was the first time that I'd ever spoken with her. And the first time that I really learned about the different layers of her story. And the reason I reached out to her was because she just seems so positive, so upbeat. She has an ileostomy. She has no shame or embarrassment around that. And I love that so much. My sister now has an ileostomy and seeing someone be so comfortable with who they are was so inspiring and encouraging to me. And watching her and all of her videos, I kept thinking, God, I wish someone like her was around when my sister was going through this and Ashley was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. It sounds like at a very early age and the challenges that she had to face and work through, um, were just more than I even imagined. And because it had been such a long time Um, Since I spoke with her, I re-listened to the episode and uh, was inspired yet again by her strength, by her vulnerability, by her desire to make her life what she wanted it to be. Ashley is amazing. And I was so touched and moved by her story. And uh, I know you're going to be too. The level of hard that she has experienced um, just kind of blows my mind. But that doesn't take away from... The hards that I've experienced. And that doesn't take anything away from all of the challenges that you have experienced or are currently experiencing. I am just saying this because the hards that she experienced and worked through were more than I had even anticipated going into the conversation. And so I cannot wait for you to listen and to be inspired by this beautiful soul. And without further ado, I present to you Ashley B. I'm loving having you on because, like I said, I really don't know much about you aside from what I've seen on Instagram. So, for someone listening and me, um, can you give me like a Cliffs Notes version of just kind of you in a nutshell? If you know, if you yeah. can do that,
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you also for having me on here and getting to just share my story and who I am and what I'm doing in my small space of social media as well. Um, so, a big thing about me growing up, like from a very small age, even, you know, to now I've had a love for music and, um, I followed essentially my mom's footsteps because she was a music educator for 35 years. And I just, yeah, fell in love with watching her. Her main instrument was the piano. So I would sit next to her and she was so patient with me and would let me like doodle on the other end of the piano. She was playing, you know, her, her stuff that like, she was so good at and I'm just sitting there clunking away. Yeah.
0: She's playing real music.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jaws over here or something. Uh, Exactly.
1: (laughs) So she, you know, many days and nights we, we would sit like that. And, um, from there, like, you know, she taught me a little bit of piano and then I, quickly found a love randomly for the violin at like, wow. like six years old. So my, oh my mom, gosh. yeah, she found a program for me. I started in that with, um, I did private lessons. I did group lessons. And then from there, like, I also loved to sing. So I was in choirs and then, you know, we got into grade school and I was like, Oh, well let me try band. Let me get, let me try oh clarinet. Goodness. So I'm just like doing all these things. I was in church choir Um, And then I, you know, got into high school, continued on with just really diving into more private lessons, being a part of ensembles. um, And then that brought me to like my college um, audition to get in for music education. So for me, a big thing is I've always been like very into the arts and music has also been a very, um, a soothing and healing thing for me as well. Mm -hmm. So I would go through in life, like I just would let that all out with like playing an instrument or singing, um, and just connecting that way. So basically my whole life, I, I knew I'd do something with music and, um, I ended up going to college for, I was originally a double major in both music education and, um, or vocal music ed and instrumental. I tried it out for a while. It's a very, intense program. (laughs) I I imagine. Yeah. So not only was I like in my regular education classes, but I was fully submerged into two programs, both vocally and both instrumentally. And they both are their own job in themselves. So I just decided that like I could still, you know, enjoy the instrument side of things as I wanted on my own time, but ended up just declaring a vocal music ed major. So okay. that's like a, a big part of me. I've all, and then I, I did dance classes a lot throughout um, like the younger years. I finally finished like taking actual lessons, like maybe like my freshman year of high school. But any time before that, I was in everything I could possibly be in. So that's, very oh into the gosh. arts and music. I, yeah. I,
0: I love that. Like that's what you described as something that I wish like I had done. Um, like my grandmother played the piano. And I referenced Jaws because that's what I would go in and play. (laughs) Um she also taught like she would write like the notes on the keys, like in crayon on her old piano. And I remember, of course, I learned like chopsticks or whatever it's actually called. And then um The other two songs I know how to play are Santa Claus is Coming to Town and Material Girl by Madonna. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's like, that is the extent of it. But I like, I love that you got into violin. at such a young age. Like that is just so cool. Like,
1: Oh. I have no idea where it came from. Cause nobody like in my family played string instruments. I don't know. I just one day said it and then we did it. So <laughs> that's so, that's so awesome. And I have to admit, like, you know,
0: I kind of had like this idea of what violin was like, I was just like, Oh, a bunch of old people play it, blah, blah, blah. And then I started seeing people actually play like more contemporary music. Like there was some guy, I can't remember what his name was on, um, America's Got Talent and I think like oh I'm getting goosebumps like he he had some medical condition where he was actually starting to go numb like in his so the fact that he could play was like even more amazing and the fact like and that he could play just the way he played but then you know you have like Lindsay Sterling and Mm -hmm. you know and I was like Oh wow so you can play this kind of music on violin and then that gave me an appreciation for the more classical pieces that I think most of us are accustomed to yes. and just really just
1: acknowledging how how beautiful that is mm mm-hmm. yes absolutely i agree and i like i was kind of like that person too where i loved all genres of music, all styles. Like one minute I'd be listening to something classical and the next I might be listening to like hip hop and rap. And then going back to like more classical or pop music, I was all over the place. So I just fell in love with it all.
0: I, and I, to me, like, I love that. Um, I love having like diverse tastes in music because we're not We're just not one thing, just as a human being. Like, we're so many things. We're comprised of so many different feelings and thoughts, and likes and dislikes. And so, to me, of course, like that should apply to music. And I love. I love seeing someone, you know, like I think about it in the car too. I'm driving to like daycare and I'm, you know, hearing like my heart will go on by Celine Dion. And I'm just like, oh. and then like some gangster rap from the nineties is the next song. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, yeah. it just brings out different sides of you and it yeah. helps convey like different types of emotions. And so Like, I mean, I was thinking about that this morning too, as I was listening to my playlist, you know, I have like old eighties rock and then I have like Disney and, and it all like pumps me up and touches my heart in a completely different way. And, and just awakens a different part of me. And so I love that about music.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like I said, I've used music to help me with like emotions and coping Mm -hmm. and, and you're right. It does. It pulls out different emotions out of you. And that would make sense why, you know, we would like so many different things. People, yeah. laugh, like, what's your favorite? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, maybe what I'm listening to right at the moment, but it's always yeah. changing. So yeah, exactly. I mean
0: it's like I think about, you know, the the angsty, like Alanis Morris set or even kind of like Avril Levine back in the day. And uh-huh. then, you know, I think of when my heart was broken or I was crushing on some guy. You know, there's yeah. there's music. And it's so funny because when we got married, um you know, everything was very specific in terms of music. Like I mean, I waited 40 seconds before I started walking down the aisle because I had to hit the altar at yeah. a certain point in the song. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was um it was that song by Christina Perry, the one that was in Twilight, you uh-huh. know. Yeah. And so I had to hit the altar at a certain point. And I guess my husband was like, where is Look you," <laughs> And I told him, I said, this is one of the few opportunities where you can literally add a soundtrack to your life.
1: That's so true. And
0: so I am maximizing that opportunity uh-huh. like right now because if I could live in a musical, I would totally just live in a musical.
1: Yeah, I, I connect on that on so many levels because now I feel like I get to live that through making reels. I'm like, I yes. get like the way I feel, like my emotions are coming out, and I, I'm very like strategic when it comes to what I'm placing in a reel with like music or like even in my story, like usually that's like my hidden secret is like those words are connecting to me somehow yep. right now. In the I
0: moment. am the same
1: hear my emotions, So like you kind of get to tell a story with that. And I love that. That's some of the small things I love about social media.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I I am this, I am the same. Like I would tell my husband, I said, you know, I would hear songs and I would like envision like the music video or something in my mind.
1: Uh And
0: I love, I love reels. I love stories for, for that exact reason, because it allows you to take that creative vision that you have Mm -hmm. and like put it out there. And I too am very intentional about the songs that I use and the emotions that I I am feeling, and I want to convey to others. And I think there are people that that get it. Yes. And then there are people that are just like, oh, okay. Also for me, like the timing, yes. like I, I try to end stuff on a beat. Like, I'm just yeah. like, I'm very specific. And so I love that you said that mm-hmm. um, because I've definitely gotten that. Like, there's definitely a vibe. It's not just like some random, like, oh, this is just like a trending song. And, you know, like there's, there's thought. And so I, I absolutely want to acknowledge that and just say that is something that I've noticed and I appreciate.
1: Yeah. It's, um, a chance to be creative, but taking like your actual, like what I do on my side of social media is like real life situations and trying to help somebody who isn't, doesn't know my story or my life and can feel a little part of that emotion or what, what is taking place in that time. So yeah, I'd be very intentional with that. Yeah. I don't always get there, but I try to. So, So, but I think like, that's just,
0: that's the important thing. is like, you're just, you're just doing it, Uh you know, like, and I think we're so much more critical of like the, the content that we're producing that we put out there And, um, I think like, as long as it touches one person, as long as it hits one person, and even if it like impacts them in a, in a way that's like completely not what we intended. Yes. Then, you know, like if I'm, if I'm really feeling something and someone's like, yeah, that made me happy. And I was like, oh, well I was kind of going for the opposite approach, but cool.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And and again, like music draws different emotions. (laughs) Maybe they're just feeling it differently. now yeah. So, <laughs>
0: well, what, what I'm kind of thinking of too is, um, so I have IBS okay. and I have to do, um, colonoscopies. Like I did my first colonoscopy in like 2014. So I was like, for me, I was relatively young and I was supposed to do it like every five years. Yeah. And then, you know, I was a mom and then COVID and I just kept putting it off. And so I did it like five or six weeks ago. And the prep is just disgusting. Like it's just the most, I didn't know that anything could taste that nasty, like something that you drink, but I did a reel to that song, like shot, 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 you know, like shaking it and trying (laughs) to just just trying to like add some levity to like that type of situation where it's just like, Oh my gosh, like this sucks Uh because I'm like, I'm sure that this is relatable, but I'm trying to make it fun one for other people. And then two for myself, You're
1: so oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it is not fun. I, uh, I, when I was going through my, um, diagnosis and my treatments before I even had like my, um, ileostomy, I was going for colonoscopy sometimes every few months. Oh my gosh. I I had lived my lifetime of colonoscopies and thankfully I won't have to do that sort of prep. There's other preps for different yeah. that still apply to me, but yeah, those were not fun. And when you're ready, not feeling good and adding another layer of not feeling good. Yeah. They were awful. And for some reason to bring a little light to it, for some reason, the night when I would have to do prep for colonoscopy, my family was ordering like pizzas and stuff. <laughs> oh no, like I can't <laughs> have any
0: of that. No, you have broth and yeah. that's
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. that the taste. There are certain drinks now, certain like, uh, oh, like sprites or that kind of thing where I'm like, I cannot drink that. I'm
0: Your gag reflex is like
1: Uh because you can um, like clear liquids. I'm like, oh, I just can't stomach that anymore. Yeah.
0: Well, my (laughs) husband asked me. He's like, what does it taste like? I'm like, you know, lemon pledge. (laughs) It tastes the way that smells. Like if you if you were to drink it and not die, like Uh that's what I like would imagine it would taste similar to, and you know, at first, like you smell it, you're like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. And then the first time I did it, I was like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. And then when you have to keep tasting it, it's like, oh. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I would try to put it in a cute glass. I'd like refrigerate it. Mm-hmm. This time I tried it with the straw. I don't think this time it was as bad okay. because I think I knew what to expect.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, help. help. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, okay. So we talk, like, I definitely want to talk more about this singing because I, I love to sing, but I oh. didn't go to school for that. Um, but that was just a product of me being alone in my room a lot as a kid. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're, you're a mom to
1: two, right? Yes. I have a um, two-year-old daughter. Her name's Aviana. And I have a thank you. And then I have a son, Hudson, who's three. He'll be four here in July.
0: Oh, that's such a good name. Thank like that, That's you. like such a strong, like, boy name.
1: Yeah. I kind of have like a funny story that goes along with like what I'm doing now is like, I do do beach body coaching and I watched my coach for so long. I'm like, Oh, I'm never going to like do this. Like it's fine. And, and she named her son that. And I was like, Oh "Oh." like I said to my husband, like, I really love that name. He's like, I really love that name too. And we just said, if we had a son, we're going to name him that. And we said, okay. And, um, He was born and actually like three weeks prior to that, I signed up as a coach. So I'm like, Oh Oh my gosh, I love that name for our kids. And her name's Ashley too. And it's just kind of funny. It's divine intervention.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so cool. Um, how do they get along?
1: Well, um, my son and daughter. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. They were kind of hitting that stage where they're like, Evie is holding her own. Hudson is still like he's trying to be like the big brother now. Like we've always said, like, you know, your sister's looking up to you, like be careful, like treat her nicely, all that kind of stuff. So they they get into like their sibling wars, but at the same time, like I've posted reels of it, they're walking down the street holding each other's hand, and he's looking both ways. Of course, we're like <sighs> right behind them, but looking both ways as they're crossing the street with us. And um, he they are we sometimes feel like we have twins now. I don't know what it's like to have twins, but if I were to imagine it some days, I'm like, this is it. Like we <laughs> are going to be inseparable and we're trying very hard to always have them like value their brother, sister relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can only hope that that carries into like adult life as well. So, um, Hudson's going to be going off to four-year-old preschool in the fall and Evie's going to continue um, to go to like their daycare one day a week, and that's going to be like the first time that they're going to like really separate from each yeah. other. So I'm kind of starting to feel that now that like we're into June, and he starts like the end of August, and oh, I'm just like not ready for that stage of life yet. But no, here. I totally understand. So
0: are they like are all of you together all day
1: every yeah. day? So my um, I was a teacher, an elementary music teacher for almost 10 years. And, um, this plays a part into like my, my journey with like Crohn's disease and my ileostomy, but I ended up in a second kind of emergency surgery because I had my first surgery back in, um, 2009 that gave me my ileostomy. Okay. And then I can, and I could break this down more. And then I ended up with a Reconstructive surgery because I was I was not in good shape, and I'll explain that, but okay. um, so anyways, it happened all during 2020 and the pandemic, oh, wow. and it led me to resign from teaching and um, become a stay- at home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's that has played a big part of my life the last two years was that like going from having Aviana, who was three weeks old. We had her like the weekend that they started kind of like shutting down the hospitals for like visitors and like getting, yeah. really stressed. and, um, so like the day we had her, we could have visitors the second day we couldn't, and we were basically, you're pushed out of the hospital to go home.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: To, like keep the hospitals open there, you know, staff was being, uh, spread out pretty thin. yeah uh, So we had her and then three weeks later, I, we called an ambulance one night cause I was like, I feel like I'm going to go unconscious. And, um, I was like having stomach pain. And the first thing I thought to do was look down at my ileostomy. Yeah. And when you have an ileostomy, you probably know this from your sister having one, they have the small intestine drawn to the wall of your stomach. So I can mm-hmm. see literally the small intestine on the outside of my, um, like when I pull my bag off mm-hmm. it's purple, so that to me was a oh, sign of wow. losing blood flow, which is yeah, not good. Because <laughs> so usually it's like, it's like a reddish pink, right? Yes. And it was purple. Like it was a color I That's had never scary, seen. scary, Ashley. Yeah. So meanwhile, I have a three week Three-week. old corn sleeping. Wow. I had an, about a 19, 20 month old son sleeping and, and no one around, you know, what were we going to do? We called an ambulance because we didn't know how. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that moment? Um, so they took me to the ER, started running tests, and at first they're like, "Oh, you have a um, an enc- they they said you had a hernia." Okay, so a hernia. A lot of people live with hernias and they're okay, but I was in such excruciating pain. Like none of the pain strong painkillers that they would give you in the hospital was working. I was just oh my gosh beyond myself. So they put me into an emergency surgery. And when they got in there, they found that I had an incarcerated hernia, which means like a hernia kind of like, like flows in the body, like in and out of like where the hole is from it. Mm -hmm. This was stuck and trapped and cutting off blood flow. (laughs) And then they actually called my husband. They're like, it's a lot worse than we thought. So it also turned out that my small intestines were wrapped around each other. So I was losing blood flow there as well, oh which can you know, kill your bowel and essentially kill you.
0: Yeah. Um, and
1: uh, they had to reconstruct my stoma, which is what the small intestine is, where the uh, bag is. They mm-hmm. had to cut that down a little, so I lost more of my small intestine and um, recreated the site and with that came over 30 staples I was cut you know straight down my oh my abdomen. gosh we had to close up where my old ostomy was and then put a new one in and they they put it in an area where it's harder for people with an ileostomy like they put it right in the crease of my belly button and when you think about how you naturally bend and move like yeah over right there yeah. yeah and that and I have to keep like um, a bag on there. It's called a flange. It like, I always say, explain it like Tupperware for me, I have two pieces. It sticks like a big sticker and the bag seals the Tupperware. So, um, that made it really hard. The stoma was constructed differently than my first one. Like the first person that did my surgery was a well-known surgeon at the university of Chicago hospital. He was, this was his niche. Like he was known for this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I didn't have that. I was in community hospital then, you know, for my surgery and I'm, my, my surgeon saved my life. The second one that did my surgery. So I'm always grateful for him, but it was a very, um, hard thing to wake up and know, like, I didn't get to choose the placement of it this time. Mm-hmm. Like I did last time.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. going to ask you because yeah. so when my, when my sister had her surgery, mm-hmm. I think I was, in seventh grade. So I was either 12 or 13. So that means she was either 21 or 22. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's a lot I remember, but there's a lot that I don't. And I think also because of my age, I just wasn't looped in on a lot of things. Uh So they, so I know like hers is like people listening, aren't even going to know, but like hers (laughs) is like right here. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And that's a good place. That's where okay. So, the belly it, so it is typical for them to allow you to pick where that is.
1: Yeah. So what they do is, I mean, it's not a ton of space. You can't be like, Oh, I yeah. really like above up here, like right. under my chest, but what they would do, like what I remember specifically for my first surgery consultation, they were like, okay. Um, where do your pants line normally fall? Like, okay. are you a low rise? wearer? do you like to wear your pants up higher? I'm just um,
0: laughing because that wasn't even, I'm sure that wasn't even a question in my yeah. first day. It was yeah. mom. It was just mom jeans.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in there. I'm like, um, you know, you're trying to like think through this yeah. now. And now yeah. you're thinking your whole life. I'm like, what do you normally wear? I'm like, and, oh. I, and I actually
0: really love that you're bringing this up because I feel like that even though I even know, like, huh. that's not something that I think I would have actually even
1: thought of. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And sometimes like, I forget like the steps of it. it. It all happened so fast. Like when I found out I was going to have surgery and then going into the consultation and then actual surgery, I want to say it was between a, maybe a two, three months, maybe two, it was quick. Cause I, um, if I like backtrack a little bit, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis originally. That's what my mom has. Yeah. So basically what makes the, that different from Crohn's is just where it spreads in the body. So, so I went from having where it like usually sits in the colon, which is the, um, ulcerative colitis. And then I ended up with the diagnosis of Crohn's disease, which can spread through your whole digestive tract. So I'm like, great. So I don't have like the one spot I've got it all.
0: So, can you explain for someone listening that doesn't really know what ulcerative colitis is, like, and I I know of it because of my mom, but I haven't experienced it myself. So, for someone that knows nothing, are you able to just share a bit about what that is?
1: Yeah, and so, like, real quickly, with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, the symptoms are very similar, so it's hard to diagnose, and that's. Could be why, like I had one diagnosis at one time and mm-hmm. another later on. But basically, like these these diseases can affect people real minimally and mild, or mm-hmm. it could be like as bad as needing surgery. Um, but basically, for me, what I started to notice, I, I actually was having a hard time going to the bathroom. Okay, so I having, like a hard time going. I had upset stomach after eating. And then, uh, this is kind of like a little bit more detailed, a little more gory, if you if you will. Uh, we're good. We're good. Seeing <laughs> like blood yeah. in the toilet, and we're like, okay, that's like not normal. Okay. Yeah. That's um, normal. At that point, I was still like going to the bathroom normally, but that started to creep in, and other things like you would see like white, like mucus in the toilet, and we're like, okay, we need to go to the doctor because that's like not normal for mm-hmm. my age or anyone really. How old were you? Um, I was so. I was finishing eighth grade. Oh my God. Like 12 or 13. And, um, it was that summer going into my freshman year of high school where I finally had a diagnosis. But, um, so from there though, like oh, yeah. it just progressively got worse. Mm-hmm. They started me on medications right away. Um, you know, we were trying to adjust like what I was eating, trying to figure out like what would make my symptoms worse. But sometimes with a lot of times with these, with, a Diagnosis like this changing what you eat might not help. It's mm-hmm. a, there's a good chance it can, but there's a good chance it, it won't. It's just it just doesn't. And um, so as I continued through high school, I was you know hospitalized a lot because I the going to the bathroom normally now turned into like pure water going to the toilet. Oh my gosh, right, yeah. bad, horrible stomach aches. And I, it was after every time I ate, it didn't matter what I ate. And I would have to time my life around yep. going about life and going to the bathroom. So like my friends, even like at my friends got on the same page and they were like, I am, I got to eat right now. And we're not leaving until I go to the bathroom. Yeah. I can't go anywhere.
0: I can, I can so relate to that. So going back to like the ulcerative colitis, uh-huh. what my, like my mom, she would have flare ups. Like her stomach was always just kind of a mess. She -hmm. thinks it's due to like stress. Like she thinks it was triggered by stress. The same with my sister, the same with me and my IBS. Um, And when she would eat certain things, like she loved coleslaw from KFC. (laughs) And I'm like, I am not a coleslaw person, but it's like, she would eat it knowing that like, she was going to be in the bathroom a lot. And then when she had a really bad flare up, there would be blood in the stool. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about like timing the bathroom, that's still how I am. Like even on this call. I'm like, and I'm not stressed out, but it's just like, when I have to go, like I shared with Katarzyna, when we were talking about her Crohn's, yeah. when I have to go, I have like five minutes. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I was like getting on this call with you. And I'm like, I haven't gone to the bathroom. Hope I don't have to go to the bathroom, but I'm like, but if
1: anyone's going to understand, I I'm sure it's I Ashley. I totally get it. I it yeah, just, you don't even have to worry.
0: <laughs> it just sucks. Like even, um, like when I was planning my commutes to work, Mm -hmm. even if like this route took longer and was like more mileage than this route, I would take this route because I knew where
1: I could pull off to go to the bathroom. Absolutely. I was just going to say that, like, I literally would know along my normal routes and where every bathroom was, where I needed to go. If I needed to, and then if I was taking like a route, I don't know, traveling somewhere, I would try to figure out like where, well, whenever I was driving constantly, like paying attention to where I could go. Like, yep.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean,
1: awkward. that's like still me, you yeah. know, like that's just still yeah. me. I feel you for that because there, there are many times I, my plan of action, I didn't make it to the bathroom. And every time that would happen, you're just like, Oh gosh, yeah. like I tried so hard. And, um, and it got to the point too, where I didn't want anyone to drive me. I had to be the one driving. Cause it gave me a sense of control. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I, I, I feel for you on that. It, it is a hard thing to have to navigate every day.
0: Well, what, what literally just popped into my mind was like most of the time I'm fine, but if it's like, if there's road trips, like I have a lot of family that lives in Arizona Uh there's a lot of desert with nothing there you know know. and so I'm just like oh my gosh like I hope I don't have to go to the bathroom and I'm like we could technically pull off and I could just squat thank god I've learned to squat yeah yeah that's like as a result of me drinking way too much camping out in the desert (laughs) but (laughs) um but you know I'm like I really don't want to do that so I was literally just like thinking I've I've seen these like jokingly on Facebook, but you basically get like a Home Depot bucket and then a cool noodle and you just like, you know, just put and slice it and cut it around the top. And I'm like, you know, on a long road trip or something yeah just try to find a discreet location and it and at least like that anxiety because that moment of panic when you know you have to go and there's nothing in sight like I'll start sweating my uh, heart, like I'll tell my husband I'm like oh my gosh you know and I will just
1: start panicking yeah it, it is it's, it's a awful. massive anxiety panic attack and it's it is it's a horrible feeling and oh gosh if anything I don't miss that part of yep. like yeah, the disease was and and i when i was in high school like i was constantly being like hospitalized for like a week at a time and it would be just to give my bowels a rest because i was going to the bathroom so much they would literally be like okay you're we're going to put you on ivs we're going to give you your medication for the Cro- or ulcerative colitis at the time and um and you're you're not going to eat by mouth you're just going to let your bowels rest and um so I was spending like my high school years doing that while trying to have a normal life. At that's the same time. that's what and I was just thinking of. Like physically, it takes its toll,
0: but emotionally, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure it did as well.
1: A lot of heavy emotions with it, and I always, I always feel like I tried to stay on the brighter side of it all, um, but there were days where it really would, you know, catch up with you and. It was hard to process or just that feeling of constantly being sick and run down and just wanting to like lay there because you're not just like fighting essentially what the disease does it it looks at your digestive tract as like an invader it doesn't look as like at it as something that's meant to be in your body and helping you. So your body starts fighting itself and That's so
0: crazy and
1: eating away at it. And, and finally I had started my college career. Um, and I was in my junior or getting ready to go into my junior year and are still facing like all the illness with it still in and out of the hospital while in college. And I, I went for another colonoscopy, my routine stuff, and I remember the doctor just sitting down with my mom and I, because my mom was like my, she was like my caregiver with everything, always at mm-hmm. all my appointments, everything. And the doctor's like, Ashley, it literally looks like a spaceship blew up in your colon. He's like, you're not going back to school right now. And I was mm. devastated because I, you're in the middle of this fast track, schooling and you want to get done in four years or at least that was what was in my head you know you yeah. want to stick to your plan and also my best friend that I had since I was like three years old was my roommate and thank god because she you know was a comfort and a help to me mm-hmm. you know, while I was in college but um so he basically told me you're not going back started to explain like we've tried everything and he's like Ashley you're like at the almost 10 years of having this, you're either going to end up with colon cancer or your colon is going to rupture. Okay. So
0: something like that could develop into colon cancer.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. I didn't know that. And actually like some of the medications, they even were doing like trials with me were medicines for cancer patients. And, um, I also went through, I was trying everything. I mean, any trial drug that came out, they would try with me. Yeah. I would just get such a progressive case. And, um, and I was literally like going to the bathroom pools of blood to the point where like almost needed blood transfusions. Oh and- my gosh, yeah. Ashley, like, I'm just, it was crazy. I'm so, like, I'm so sorry you experienced you. that. Like, you know, I, and I'll get to this part too. I, I believe there's like a bigger purpose and why yeah. I'm experiencing this. But, um, so I went in, I, I went in for my surgery and I was so determined to go back to school that I only took the semester off. And even like, after I started to like get better, like, and get mobile again and got used to having like my ileostomy, like they have like a in-home um, nurse come, I think I had them there maybe once or twice. I'm like, you know what? I got the hang of this. I remember. Yeah. I had totally forgotten about that. I remember
0: my sister had someone too.
1: Yeah. So they came in and I had, you know, my mom was helping me with my, um, she took time off of teaching. So she was doing the recovery with me. And, and then from there, like, even while I was off that semester, I remember like my roommate and my best friend at the time or not at the time my best friend um she she <laughs> <I'm> so <sorry. laughs> <laughs> had the apartment that we were both gonna live in when I finally got there and I had I went and like set up my room and I was kind of going back and forth and I know my mom was kind of like okay like should I be letting you do this very yeah she's being a mom <laughs> yeah and I think though she what could see that I was I she wanted me to come back to life as well. So I was going back and forth. And, um, while my friend was in in classes, I was hanging out in the apartment or just like doing my thing. And, um, but that
0: probably gave you like a sense of normalcy. Yes. Yeah.
1: Like you, it's, it,
0: it just, it didn't take everything that you were experiencing away, but it wasn't all that all that you're, it wasn't all consuming in terms of your life. Like it was then a part of you versus like everything at that moment in time.
1: And like I think having her there was like that extra push I needed to like get up and be like, wait a minute, like you know, I'm in my what 20, gonna be turning 21. I want to my normal college life back. And that was, you know, that push I needed and I had a great support through her, um, through my family. And um and then I also at the time just had started dating my husband around. When I had my surgery, I literally oh, wow. said to him, I'm like, look, like this is what's going to happen. Like I'm going to be living with like, they removed my entire colon. They removed some of my small intestine below that. The it's called like the rectum and the anus, all that was gone. My appendix, my gallbladder, they took it all. <laughs> they went. Mm-hmm. To it. So I just said that like, this is what my life's going to be. He's like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to be there for you. It has been my other you that's know, so
0: amazing,
1: two, essentially. Um,
0: so how old were you when you had the surgery? So I was 20 getting ready to turn okay. 21. That's so, interesting. That's interesting that you and my sister were around the same age too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, I remember having, it, I want to say it was September 18th of 2009. And then I turned 21 and I wanted to celebrate my birthday in November of 21, yeah. I mean, November 18th. So they were like two months from my 21st birthday. Um, and then, you know, once you have your ileostomy, like it literally saved my life. Like I, I could not, I would not be here right now. That's how bad mm-hmm. my disease was if I did not have the surgery I had. Um, so I'm thankful every day that like, essentially I feel like I got another chance at life. Yeah. And, um, and though I didn't have the like cancer diagnosis, I still had a very progressive disease that was like just eating away at uh-huh. my insides. I mean, when they went in two feet of mice, your six feet of colon that we have was eroded. It was gone. Oh my the disease just like destroyed it. So, um, we, I finished my college career and was very hard trying to catch up because I was already in such an overload of credits. And then when you're trying to catch up with it, it was just so that caused, you know, a little bit of sickness for me, like gastral issues, ended up in the hospital again. Yeah, I was gonna say your, because of like stress and everything, It mean, right? does, like you said, it does play a big part into people's diseases. Like oh, it, it absolutely does. Yeah. And it can, you know, cause flare-ups to be worse and not to be able to go into remission. And so, um, I finished school and I got a job right out of college. Like that summer, I got my first teaching job um, and I taught there for four years and then got the opportunity to come back to the district that I student taught in. So I left there and went and started my career at the new school district, got pregnant with my son had him. And then we shortly after got pregnant with Evie and that was like a part of our plan. We knew we wanted to have kids close in age for whatever reason. I don't know. It's just something Do you have siblings. Yes. I have two older (laughs) sisters and they are close in age. And then I'm like six and nine years apart from both of them. Okay. Yes. I'm the baby. And, um, so we had our babies and then, um, and then 2020 just, We already had so much going on, you know, with the pandemic Mm -hmm. and unknowns of it. And everything was happening in that the beginning when the world really had no idea fully what was going on. So Mm -hmm. everyone's like that panic. That's at least how I was feeling. I was like, what is this? Like, you know, I have such a, uh, I already lost most of my digestive tract, a big part of it, I should Mm say. How's this going to affect me? I'm pregnant. I'm having a baby. I
0: can't even. I can't even imagine. Like I had told my husband, I said, I am so glad I am not pregnant right now. You know, um, because I mean, I had my son in late 2017, Uh but you know, like it wasn't like it was 10 years ago. I'm just like, thank God, because I, with just me and how much I stress out, like Uh I'm better than I used to be, but my Mm -hmm. mind likes to go to the worst case scenario. And I'm like, here we are experiencing something that's unprecedented for any of us. Yeah, yeah. And then to like, yeah, there's just, I, I was very thankful. And then at the same time, my heart went out to women that were pregnant, people that were, you know, having medical health challenges and how all of this and the care was going to impact
1: them. Yeah. And I, so I had Evie, thankfully, like my husband was, you know, able to be in there. Um, and, uh, then, you know, got thrown into emergency surgery and I couldn't have anybody with me when I needed them, honestly, the most. That's, and that's, I, that's I, what hurt my heart so much. And it's something to this day. I'm still processing. I'm still trying to work emotionally through and get over because it, it changed my life. Like that those I was there for um a little over probably about 11, 11 days. I have to like go back and like look. So
0: you now. couldn't okay. see your husband. You were away from your your babies, you're three
1: week old. Uh-huh. I was in the middle of breastfeeding or trying to. Oh my god. Um, and I remember and that's when- not always easy. No. I was not. And it wasn't <laughs> when I breastfed my first son or I tried to do pumping and all that. I just never had a lot of like the, the milk supply. And part of the thing that held me back from increasing and trying to be real um, on top of it was worrying like the worst case scenario. Am I going to get like sick? Am I going to get clogged? Yep. Milk? I don't want to end up back in the hospital. So I'm like, well, I'm going to try it again. You know, my second pregnancy. And then, then all this was going on. <sighs> So I'm there and thankfully oh, yeah. we were supplementing with formula at the time too. So mm-hmm. she was getting both. And I'm like, oh God, like this was essentially like a blessing I didn't see. Yeah. Coming because if my husband had all of a sudden switched her from all breast milk to formula because I wasn't there, I just we yeah, it would have been hard and she mm-hmm. would have taken to it. And um, so yeah, I went into the hospital and the care was different this time. It just, I was younger when I had my first surgery. You're in like, I wasn't in the pediatric hospital side during my first surgery, but I still had pediatric doctors caring for me. They mm-hmm. were like meeting up together because I had such an extensive case. And then we had COVID and like, you just, I think the nurses were spread really thin yeah. you know, going through their own stuff. And, um, It just was a different kind of care this time. I totally get
0: that. Like it's just, yeah, I, I totally get it. I feel like just, just thinking about the timing, thinking about your age, thinking about just like the circumstances of everything, you know, you were probably treated with like just such compassion and kindness and sensitivity the first time around. And then I think, you know, when you are a little bit older, like some of, some of the bedside manner probably. Mm -hmm. isn't as great. But then you think of just the circumstances where everyone is just dealing with their own stuff because so much is unknown and people are scared because they don't know what they don't know. And I think it's just, it kind of snowballs. And I mean, we're all humans. So the level of care, even that that particular person probably provides, I'm sure was vastly different from that moment in time, you know? But it yep. still doesn't make your situation
1: easier, yeah, too. Because like when they put me out of surgery recovery and onto a recovery floor, I was back on a pediatric floor. But they were taking all the patients that didn't have anything to do with COVID mm-hmm. and putting like there were kids there. There were surgery recovery. They were all coming from different places, so I think it was hard too for the nurses to know what they were dealing with. And mm-hmm. like, when I came in originally until I like broke down what I could like, now keep in mind, like I was heavily on, I was on a pain pump at this point after the surgery where I could press a button and it would send the medicine through every few minutes. Yeah. Like, because it was just so I needed that. And, um, at first they're like, yeah, we were like, why are you here for just a hernia? And then they, we talked, you know, further they yeah. like, wasn't just a hernia. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm three weeks postpartum too. Like my body is a mess right now. And I, the cert, and then I ended up with pneumonia while I was in the hospital too. So, um, Oh my gosh, it's bad. And they took me down. I had to keep going down for MRIs. And that might not sound bad, but when you are freshly sliced open and you like in your abdomen wall and just had this major surgery, like they want you to get up and walk soon because of like blood clots and just keep, I get it. Um, but they would take me down for these MRIs. And when you go into the MRI, you have to lay flat on your back. So they essentially like, I'm like, taking a body that's sitting upright in a bed and I'm trying and the staples are moving with me and I'm trying to like lay myself back on this bed to have these yeah. t- have on top of it yeah. so when you lay flat with pneumonia you like you really can't breathe so oh yeah you don't want to do that literally I would scream in pain it was just the most painful and traumatizing thing I'm I had kidding. ever experienced with this, like this whole experience was just such a trauma and
0: and you're alone. So it's not like you can even go back to your room and have your husband or your mom. Yeah, there.
1: Yeah. And we were trying, like, I couldn't communicate at that point. I was just so heavily um, on pain medicines. Sorry. And my, my mind was just like, not there. I was later diagnosed with PTSD during the recovery process because I totally get it. Just so much trauma from that surgery and the recovery. I just, once i finally got out of the hospital which honestly like i wasn't probably ready to come home yet and we kind of realized that when i got home but at the same time it's like i didn't want to be there anymore yeah. and it was scary at the same time too you don't want to be there but you don't want to be away from the all the whole team of doctors that have been helping yeah. me through this and um there's no like perfect resolution no and i like hit like the darkest like moments that I ever like faced with having this. And, um, like I said before, I tried to always have like a lighter perspective on it and just have hope with everything. And I, um, I just remember feeling like I'm not going to be able to get through this. Like I can't live through this. It's too physically painful and it is too mentally painful. And I wasn't suicidal, but I, just felt like my brain was my body wasn't going to allow me to live through it and I just remember like people saying to me like Ashley like you have your family you have your kids like so I would just come home and I'm my part of my room is an office part of my room is my bedroom and I just remember like we had like a million pillows propped up because I just couldn't lay flat nothing was comfortable um and it would take me an hour just to like take my legs from one side of the bed to the other. Cause like emotionally I couldn't handle like getting up to like try to eat and try to take care of myself. And anytime, like we thought we were getting ahead with the surgery recovery, we would fall like two steps back mm-hmm. and it had a lot to do with like, um, the healing of the abdomen with staples. So like my first surgery was laparoscopy which is yep. a much better way to go. Yep. And this one was straight cut open. And, um, I had one day I was just sitting there and I felt like warm pouring out of fluids. I'm like, we're like, what is that? We looked down and I had like blood and pus flowing out. My husband, like, oh my gosh, to catch it with like a cup and uh, with paper towel. And at the time, like we had, um, my mother-in-law moved in with us to help take care of my kids with us. Cause I was a full-time care yeah. and with COVID, like every, the home health care was minimized everything. Yeah. So I had, it ended up being that I had an infection where my old ostomy used to be, which I guess can be common with these types of surgery. You can, it can get impacted with like pus uh, possum blood and all that. But they were trying to determine like, am I going to need to go back into the hospital to have a washout where they're going to cut me back open and clean it all out.
0: So (laughs) how long had you been home when this happened?
1: Um, that happened. I want to say within like the first two to three weeks. Okay. Also they, and it would explain, we don't fully know. I mean, this could have been coming off of like painkillers. This could have been from having the infection, but every night I'd wake up in a, Uh, hot and cold sweat. It would just fluctuate, and I would shake. My body would just shake, and I was constantly checking my temperature because they wanted me to do yeah.
0: Because I feel like that would be a sign of infection.
1: And I was always popping like little fevers. Nothing was ever super high, but it was. I would have little fevers. So they're like, okay, we're they're just trying to figure out what to do because I also had a hole from the incision that was not healing. So my husband, thankfully, like. If you ever were to be something in a, you know, had a chance to do something in, he could be a nurse or you know, <laughs> he got so good at like, he would have to lay there. He'd clean out. We had a whole process. Yeah. We would clean out the incision line and he'd have to pack it with gauze. So I'm sitting there and that was like another pain of, I swear, every time I would feel any sort of pain, and this could be a part of like PTSD, my brain would just shut off and I would just go into like, kind of like a trance just yeah. It's, it's, it's your mind, just like protecting you Mm -hmm. from what your body's experiencing. It,
0: Mm -hmm. that sounds actually similar to what I feel like a lot of victims of like abuse have Mm -hmm. described is they just kind of leave their body.
1: Yeah. It's a very out of, out of body experience. And I noticed that too. Like, this is like, before I, you know, was speaking, I ended up speaking to like a therapist over video checks. I'm like, I need some sort of something. I'm just, I'm so glad you did. Yeah. And I'm like very open about that too, because it's like, no, like I, my, not only my body was suffering, my mind, my Your side, mind, My I was just suffering all around. And, um, I would look in the mirror and, and this is so bizarre to explain, but it, I would see myself, but I would feel like I was a different person. Like it was two people standing yeah. there and essentially, yeah, you got the the mirror and you, but And it felt like I was so far away and just like this tunnel vision. And it was just very, um, bizarre and scary. And so, um, my husband spent, I think we totaled it 78 days packing a wound in my stomach every day, sometimes twice, sometimes three times a day, because not only did I have that going up, but my new ostomy placement was leaking all the time because it was in that crease. So we were constantly taking the products that you would use. Like you have a glue ring Uh to stick. We were molding it into these different shapes to try to like raise the stoma up. That was like sinking down into my belly button. And um, that just seems like like such a weird placed yeah. it. Thankfully, it. It has been doing very well now. I mean, I can still feel it. It's not, it'll never be what I used to have, but yeah. it's a lot better than it was when it's, when I first had the surgery. Um, and with that, like one of my biggest like mottos are life lessons or whatever it was that came across my mind when I, when I got sick and I had my ostomy, I just said, I'm like, I don't want this to stop my life. Okay. I, I already felt like it was starting to do that when I was so sick. And I'm like, I, I just have to find something that would keep me going. And that had always been like physical fitness and mm-hmm. moving my body. I'm like, this is, this is my comeback. This is my I'm not going to let this bring me down and and it makes me feel strong. And, um, and I also, when we were talking, I think, I don't know before we hit record on here, but I didn't see a lot of people at the time on social media that I could just hit a hashtag and yeah. bring directly. There's actually one girl that I was in like a fitness community with before called tone it up. And, um, she had an ostomy and she had cancer. She has passed away. She passed like years ago, but that was the only example I had. And I'm like, I just have always felt this pull to like, use my story to put it out there, whether there's a lot of people seeing it and whether it's just like you said, a few people that are being impacted. And, um, and since walking away from teaching, I'm like, like I don't want to go back to the classroom right now because I feel like there's a really big purpose in all that I have been going. Yeah. Through. I um, oh uh, yeah. I, very I totally agree with you. <laughs> emotional thing. It's it's been hard because I worked my essentially my whole life to get my college career. But I'm like, I just have to share and I have to do this. And thankfully, like I came across my coach and Beach Body because I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I can also try to supplement like an income for my family yeah. just by sharing like what I'm actually going through. And I, I watched her for so long and I'm like, you know what, like, I really want to try these workouts too. Cause like, she looks so strong doing them. And I'm like, I just was so embodied by that. Like I loved being able to put my like stress into a workout to be able to yeah. like, help myself to feel good. Um, And, and I fell in love with the workouts, the products and the community that I get to be a part of every day. Like I wake up every day and yes, I have my family and they are like such a big purpose, but like, this is something Ashley gets to have. And, and in the process, I get to help somebody else. Yeah. And, um, I know there can be like a bad, whatever reason for MLM companies having like a bad rep, like my heart is so genuine with this. And, and I, I have another platform now that's going to help me to get that like word out there. And so that's where I'm at. Like I, it might sound crazy that I'm not going back to a career. I worked my whole life to get, pretty much. Um, And that does promise you that like steady salary and in your retirement and all that. But I'm just like, at this point, after what I just went through, especially now in the last two years, I'm like, I just feel like I can't right now. I feel like I'm being called to like a different kind of well.
0: And I know like your, your faith is a very big part of your life, right? Yes. Yes. So I, I feel like God has like seasons, like Mm -hmm. he has seasons for us. And maybe that season was about like you getting your education, you teaching. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely believe, Oh, so, so it probably doesn't help that I'm like, um, but I absolutely believe like, even when I look at my life, um, if I hadn't had the challenges that I've had, which are very different than yours, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Yeah. And I think we, we can learn through like the good stuff and we can learn through the fun stuff, but I feel like the the biggest lessons that we have to learn are through our pain and our struggle and you look at like the bible and there is so much that's just there's like some tough stuff in there you know and yeah. i feel like y- you are meant to be exactly where you are right now and as i said you know i wish my sister I wish there was someone like you when my sister was going through this, because I know like she struggled. I mean, she was young and so it's looking, looking different, you know, she, she was actually dating somebody. And then after this happened, he broke up with her. Um, And so I think it just kind of reinforced the feeling that I feel like a lot of women have where we're just not good enough. We're not pretty enough, you know? And, she I feel has always like struggled with just feeling different and um I I began seeing probably a few years ago women with the ileostomies like posting pictures where people could see it yeah and I just thought that was so empowering Mm -hmm. and I was so proud of these women and I'm so proud of you and knowing so much more about your story and your experience in 2020 and what I, what I know of you, what I see of you online, I would have never imagined that you went through everything that you've gone through. And what's interesting to me too, is I had this conversation with you, one, not knowing anything about what happened to you in 2020. Yeah. And thinking that you having this procedure done, you know, when you were younger was probably the most impactful traumatic thing. And then learning that, that, like, that that's not true and learning everything that you've gone through that, that you're probably still working through to some degree because of just the, the trauma mm-hmm. and looking at just like the light that exudes from you in everything that you do, um, like the world, the world needs you as you are right now. I, and I'm just, I'm so thankful we have you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm thankful that you're here as well. Cause I can see what you're trying to do with your, your side of social media. And um, I would say there's like a lot of bad on social media, but there's so much good too. And, and that's what I want to be when I'm on there is a a light and to be a place of comfort for people and a place to like just be like okay like I, she's going through this with me like I I can get through this and um and not to say like she has it harder than you but just to say like if she can get through this so can I mm-hmm. and um and be like going back to like the faith side of things like I had always grown up believing in God and having you know a relationship with God but like this was a time in my life where I literally say like God saved. Like there's a real going on right now. So like, God saved my life. And I'm like, he saved my entire life because when I was spending that hour trying to just like breathe and get out of bed after that surgery at home, I played like the same song on repeat over and over again. It was like a Christian song. And, and I would just sit there and wait for him to like, give me the strength to like move and to do and, and, and be, and, um, And I had already been like diving into like devotionals and Bible time, but now like it is my daily, like I do it every single day. So it is my strength before I take on the day. And honestly, like when I don't spend the time doing it, like I prayer journal, everything I, my day does feel off. It is a part of what makes me thrive and it makes me, helps me to be a good, like a better mom just a better Ashley. And yeah, I still, I still have hard days. Like I'm still, you know, I still say things I don't mean to say to my family or I still, you know, I'm still human. You're, you're human.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the things, um, I think on your profile, it says save by grace. Yeah. I think, I think, um, yeah, and I think it's so important to have to exercise grace with ourselves as well. Yeah. We're not, we're not perfect. Mm -mm. God knows that God doesn't expect us to be perfect. You know, and
1: just like, feel like I'm in such a growing period. Like so many of my comforts in the last two years have changed. They've been pulled away, like in, in relationships with fam, like certain family with, um, my job, even like they, I'm careful how I speak about this, but essentially I wasn't accommodated. They couldn't accommodate it or they chose not to accommodate needing a longer period out of work. And basically I was told like you either resigned or you're getting fired. Now this is a teacher who's been teaching for almost how many years, you know? So my husband and I were like, you know what, Ashley, he's like, you don't want to work for somebody who's going to, do that. Exactly. anyways, Because they really, truly did not get what we were going through. Not only was I supposed to be on my maternity leave, but I was like recovering from a life-saving surgery on top of the pandemic. It was just chaos. So not only did my body change, I had a baby, but I lost my job essentially. And I'm just like, I'm not going back. Like I already been doing my beach body stuff. And I'm like, my husband and I were just like, this is where we're going to put the energy. You're going to stay home with the kids and you're going to take care of them and, and do your thing. So I, I work, I get up, I try to get up 4.30, 4.45 in the morning <laughs> and I, girl, I get, good for you. <laughs> it's the only way I could like fit it in. Like, I get like, it. It's, and it's the peace too. Like, it's so quiet and I get that time with God. I get that time with just myself and, I try. I need need to do that. I I really do. I I like to sleep, but it's, you feel just so good and it's worth it. And now I crave that time. And, um, I, then I, with the kids throughout the day and then my husband comes home and I take a little chunk of time to do a little bit more and then it's family. And then sometimes I do things at night as well. So, but I love it. And it makes me feel like I'm fulfilling a the purpose I have with all of this. I, I, and I feel like my story of being starting in eighth grade to now really was paving the way for where I'm at now and wherever I'm going from here. So I absolutely believe that
0: like knowing, knowing your story, because I, I didn't like, I knew a a snippet, you know, knowing your story, I absolutely agree with you. And I, and I was thinking too, when you were talking about just kind of waiting for God to give you the strength, Uh I just thought about how beautiful that was too, because I feel like it would be so easy for so many people to just give up on God and just be like, why me? Like, there's no way you should be like, this should be happening to me, like to just turn their backs. And the fact that you didn't do that, that you just chose. And I feel so corporate. I, I hate corporate stuff, but like that you chose to lean in yeah, to him. Um, To me, that just, that's just confirmation for me that this is absolutely where you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah. and and I, and I had a hard time when I came home. Like I, I didn't like curse God. I didn't say that, but I just kept saying like, why? Like, yeah. Is this now Why? And the timing of it just made no sense. But I also am a firm believer. Like it's not my timing; it's God's timing. And oh, yeah, you know, it was never meant to be easy here on this earth. We're we're here to serve others and help and and be, you know, a loving person. And um, once I could get past like. months of the initial shock of everything I'm like okay like now I can see again like there's more purpose to this and I even like this has been a bible verse that has been on my desk as cheesy as it sounds I ended up finally printing it because this like lion oh yeah makes me feel strong but it says be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and I've like held that for the last two years like in those moments of like doubt and uncertainty and scared being scared because essentially now too, like I'm my whole career, my whole like safety net is different now. And it's been a lot of great and painful growth. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's a hard growth, but I know I can see, I can feel the good of it too. Yeah. You can't see your full, nobody knows what's up ahead for them, but I can feel that this is leading to where, where I'm supposed to go. And right now I I'm like you said, I'm, so, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. and occasionally like you'll have those like God moments where somebody reaches out and says something to you in a private message. Like, I don't really share those out on social media because mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that with like grace and not looking like, yeah, the attention of it, but you'll get these little messages. I'm like, God, I'm like, I needed that today. I needed to hear you say that. And, um, and there are people watching, They are. Some just don't reach out because they're well, they're scared or they're they're just watching. Most people just watch. (laughs) Yes, yeah.
0: And 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 I feel like um, like that's what's kind of cool is like I'll have people like even just like my friends on my like personal account like Uh you you especially your stories like you see who watches and you know who doesn't reach out and it's usually most people you know. But when you do have someone like reach out in response to something that you posted, yeah it, it feels really good because you, you know, that like what you're sharing, like resonated with someone. And again, it's just, it's just that one person. And that's really all it takes to create like this ripple effect of inspiration or courage or love or kindness mm-hmm. or compassion. It's just, it starts with one.
1: Yeah. You know? absolutely And I think I get to like, I love that I get to experience that, like, even as a beach body coach, cause I host these, like you hear like the little monthly groups for women to check into. And, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of conversations too, with my, the women that have signed up under me and like private message too. And they just, you know, share with me, like the wins that they're having, they share the struggles with me. And I love when they come up and they just say like, how they're growing from this experience and being mm-hmm. a part of it. And it like it just, again, is another reason I'm like, okay, like I got to support someone through that, whether it was them watching what I'm doing or them starting to implement it themselves into yeah. their life. And, um, I just want to keep it as hard as it can be some days, because you, like you said, you don't know what kind of feedback you're getting when you're, if you're not getting feedback or, <laughs> um, or you feel like it's just eyes watching. And, um, I, I keep trying to put things out there where I could I know I'm helping somebody in some way I'm hoping I'm helping someone you are and thank you and I like say to God some days I'm just like lead me where like let let the words come out of me whatever you need so I can help who you need me to help or 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 who I can help um, make an impact in their lives and let this not be like worth nothing like Yeah. Let there be a reason why I'm being so vulnerable right now and sharing so much of my life that a lot of people would not share. No, I, and,
0: and that's like, Ashley, that's what attracted me to you was just like one, like I said, just like your light and your energy, but at the same time, just like your realness, like your willingness to be vulnerable, because I think like we, we live in a world where I feel like people talk about being real, Mm -hmm. but aren't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I started posting stuff on social media, I was like, Oh, I need to like clear up this part of my room or Uh or my house. So Mm -hmm. I look a certain way. And then I'm just like, you know what, this is my life. I live in a very small two bedroom house with a four-year-old. Like Mm -hmm. it looks, it looks like I'm a guest in my own house, you know? And if, if someone wants perfect, mm-hmm. I am not their girl. No. I am not. Mm-hmm. If someone wants someone who like doesn't talk about poop and, you know, <laughs> cusses occasionally sometimes, yeah. a lot,
1: you so, know, like I yeah. am
0: not their girl, yeah. but for the people that are looking for someone like me,
1: mm-hmm. I, I am their person.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you do. You, what you put out there hopefully will bring in the people that can resonate with you. And, um, and like you said, if they're, they're there to judge or it doesn't, you know, and then they can politely. Yeah.
0: And I think like, like I said, that's, that's what I love about you is like,
1: you're just you. And that's
0: all that, that's all that we should ever be is just who we are, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was thinking, what, so you were a teacher. So what, what did
1: you teach? So I well, taught what? elementary music. So I had my first school, I was with kindergarten to sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then um, the next school district that I went to, I had preschool to second grade. And then I was in the junior high for special ed music. So I taught all like your fundamentals of music music. Mm-hmm. I loved it with like, I always knew I would do elementary cause I love children. I love working with, um, that sort of curriculum because it's different than when you go into like, like high school, you usually focus on like a choir, a band and orchestra. I knew I didn't want to do that side of it. I wanted to like be able to read stories to kids that were yeah. related with music and rhythm and beat and instrument, like uh, rhythmic instruments and movement, um, and, so that's what I did, yeah, I it, um, but it was also a schedule that was hard on me. This was another reason why I was starting to look outside of teaching before any of this happened was because with my health history and the amount of students I taught every day, which was by the hundreds, I was sick all the time, yeah, and I want to say, like with like. I'd have strep throat. I would have a sinus infection. I was so run down. My body couldn't keep up with all the germs. And I want to say, like the schedule too. I was just so fatigued all the time. And I, I started to feel like in my adult years, I was getting sick, living to get better, only to get sick. Yeah. I'm like this. I already lived that lifestyle once with everything I had going on, and I don't want to cause more problems from the stress of it. And you start to feel depressed and down. And like, it's just like a vicious cycle. And you're like, is this what my life is going to be? Yeah. i want to be excited to get up every day. And I want to not feel like I'm just living for the weekends. And a big part of teachers is like, you, you have the summers off. I mean, you're still working. People, teachers are always doing something, mm-hmm. but you have like the summer months off and my husband and I were talking about it. I'm like, but is that really worth all of what I'm going through now? Right. Um so again, with like landing where you feel you're supposed to be in this moment. I feel like thank God I started my beach body stuff years ago. Like and um and I'm still growing there. I'm still trying to you know grow my business essentially. Um but I have found such a love for life through it and a love for having this toolbox of things that help me to feel good. And then I can turn around and help somebody else to build that into Mm -hmm. their, their everyday life. And I'm just thankful for it. I, that's all I can think of. I'm just thankful. It fell into my lap and, and then I decided to try it so i
0: don't think there's there's any i don't think there's anything that happens by
1: accident no i agree mm-hmm. i am not a this since <laughs> i'm a very like this is a part of the plan mm-hmm. it's supposed to be happening now yeah
0: and i feel like when you're in the thick of things like you, and I'm generally speaking, it's just like, it's hard to have that perspective that there is some like greater purpose. Yes. Um, but it's like, once you move through it, I feel like then you have the ability to like, kind of be reflective and have a different perspective and go, oh, oh, okay. I, I get it. Like I'm starting to put the pieces together now. And just like yeah. thinking, I think there's just a couple of other things I wanted to say is like, even if like when I started my Instagram <laughs> nobody nobody knew who I was not like a ton of people know who I am yet um but you know like nobody knew who I was so I was posting stuff and not a single person was looking at them yeah but I was growing from that so yes. even now like even if I post something and it doesn't get like my intention is never to go viral like I, like yeah. these people that want to do that I'm like that cool. That is not my goal. Like right. yep.
1: mm-hmm. I just want
0: people to respond and I just have fun doing it. Like mm-hmm. you said, like that creative outlet. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like even if it is crickets, we uh-huh. know that we know that people are seeing it and mm-hmm. we're also growing because like either technically we were learning something, like we're trying something new in Instagram or like for me, like in shot or whatever, like Uh my skills are still benefiting and, or like creatively, it's like, even if something didn't get a lot of views, like I had fun doing it. And so Mm -hmm. that still fed me creatively, which gives me other ideas. So it's like, just looking at like the different ways
1: that we even benefit from like what we're doing. Yeah. I'm so happy you say that. Cause sometimes I have a hard time putting into words, like why I show up to do some of these things if they don't get a lot of attention or they don't get a lot of feedback, but you're right. Like it fills something within you, you grow from it. You're learning. Um, and it gives you like, I feel like I've grown in the sense of getting like a lot more, um, confident and like I am and confident and, the decisions I'm making for my life, um, and who I want to be known as right now. Like mm-hmm. I Ashley that was even just two years ago is very different now. Yeah. Like there's still I'm still there, I'm still having more of to- who you are is still the same. Yeah, it's still the same, but so much of me has changed and grown into something else, and and that takes courage and it takes being comfortable with maybe being looked at differently from people who have known you and, and mm-hmm. maybe a different side, or you're just doing things differently. And that's what I mean about like growth, like painful growth. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but you know, and you can feel like the greater purpose in it. And, you, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, like, I, I love to, create and put things out there. And i and I tell myself so that you don't get down. Like, if you feel like you put all this work into it and it's, it's not seen or doesn't get, like you said, like what people want with like viral, mm-hmm. you know, that it either one person, it helped one person or it helped you in some way. Yeah, Like and my
0: it- husband, like he'll laugh at me because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll seriously watch one of my reels like 10 times. Like there was <laughs> one I posted last Friday where There was audio from Pirates of the Caribbean Uh and I just like randomly did these cartwheels like awful cartwheels in my living room. (laughs) I, I, my foot hit the phone, it knocked it off. And then yeah. I was just like, then the audio was like, did anybody see that? Because I will not be doing it again. And it made me laugh. Yeah. And I and I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, I amuse myself. And I'm like, <laughs> and you know what? When I amuse myself, it boosts my mood. And uh-huh. then I'm in a better mood. And I'm in a better mood with my husband. I'm yeah. in a better mood with my son. I'm in a better mood with other people. And there's still that ripple effect. So I'm yeah. like, even if I'm just entertaining me,
1: I'm okay uh-huh. with that. <laughs> You know, I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I, I totally know what you mean. And I, I feel that also. <laughs> and, um, and that's why you show up and you do it every day. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I just, I don't for now see it changing. I see myself only trying to grow through it more and mm-hmm. seeing more of what good can come out of it and just trying new things in life. Like you said, you saw that I have like shirts that I put out there and it, My first one I ever made was just like me kind of coming out and saying, like, I'm a mom who has a strong faith and I have like just this love for like wanting to spread light to the world Mm -hmm. and and to whoever, whoever's in my little corner of the world, you know, it's small. And, um, and It got some sales. Some of my other stuff got like nothing. And I'm like, but I tried something new. Exactly. And And how how many people don't do that? Yeah, exactly. Like I had fun doing it. Like at that time when I was creating them, like I was enjoying myself and, um, having like that creative side come out, like you talked about when you're making things and I'm like, that's okay. Like I, I learned something from it. I learned how to work with the t-shirt company, you know, maybe I'm going to need that down the road. Maybe I'm going to need that for something. And, um, so, you know, you try, it, it gives you that courage to try new things.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and I think too, like, even if you try something, like, I don't, I don't believe in like really failure. It's like, if I tried something and it didn't work, I tried something and then, you know what, like, maybe that will inspire me to do something completely different, or maybe that will inspire me to take a different approach to it. Like, it's just, it's like re there's like that quote about like rejection being redirection and, and Mm -hmm. I just don't see it as failing. And then, you know, I'm a huge friends geek. So I just always think about pivot and Ross and getting the couch up, you know, up the stairs, like, and it's just like. Now that was, that was a failure. I mean, the the couch broke in half, but, (laughs) but, uh, but you could have seating in two different areas then. So really, was it a failure? I don't know. (laughs) It's all about perspective. Um, but one of the other things that I wanted to mention is like, I know that you like love kids. Like, and it seems like you really kind of miss that aspect. Like you totally enjoy what you're doing, but I'm like, I don't know, like maybe, you could do something with like moms and kids and health and fitness or incorporating like music, even if you did like a YouTube channel and, you know, like, I I don't know, those were just ideas that like literally just popped into my head. So yeah,
1: I thought about that. I thought about like, how could I like teach like what I would normally teach in the classroom through like, like YouTube or zoom or whatever. And I've had some ideas with that. Um, and they got sidetracked just from doing it with my own kids. So I do get to like, fill that, like child, my love for like children by doing it with my own children yeah, being present with them. And I think that really helps right now. I don't know what it'll be like, you know, once they're not in my home all the time or they're at school. And I mean, that'll be another like transitional period in my life. And, um, so I do that, but I do also love that, like the women that do sign up under me to do coaching with me for beach body. Like they're, they're moms and they usually, have, they have children. And so I get to connect in that way. And I, and I love that because I feel like we can take our own real life situations and connect. Yeah. Other and resonate and, and, you know, support each other through that. So um, I do get to do that. And I mean, I once a musician, always a musician, I'm always like singing in my house, I'm always singing with my kids. I don't I don't sing as much onto like my Instagram. Maybe I will one day. I mean, occasionally I've put little things here and there, but, um, um, yeah, I I always have like that music side of me and whether I do something with it, you know, down the road or yeah, just finding ways to incorporate it, you yeah. know, um, yeah. you're the second person that has said this to me in this week. And again, like I'm trying to be like, <laughs> I'm trying to pay attention more to what's like going on around me and like, what? Cause I feel like God speaks through people too. He absolutely does. And just like <laughs> it's the second person that said that and my, hu- actually my husband said this too. So it's like three people and I'm like, okay, like, where are we going with this? God, like, what do you, you want me to do? Think about it, pray on it. And- yeah, yeah. Answer. I mean, I worked my whole life again in, in music and my first love. Was singing, like besides being a teacher, I was sore, swore I would be a pop star one day. Like I was just like giving myself concerts in my bedroom. And <gasps> oh my here. gosh, me too. Like
0: my <laughs> yeah. closet doors were full length mirrors. Uh-huh. Yeah, my, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> My home life was not great. My parents argued a bunch. So I stayed in my room and mm-hmm. I would I would perform in front of my closet door mirrors and I think that's part of why I also love reels is because it gives me it gives me that outlet yeah. that I never as a kid, I never had the confidence to get into drama or anything like that. I was just yeah. like this. I just felt very awkward. I was very insecure. And so like now I'm more confident with who I am. And I'm like, I just want to have fun and I just want to play different characters. And it allows me to do that, but at the same time, still be me. And it's fun. So I could I could totally relate to that. Or like I'll even go in the car and I'll turn my air conditioner on full blast. And I'm like, I'm in an Eddie's rock video. (laughs) You know, it's just (laughs) it's just about having fun. And like that's when I sing that's when I feel like I connect with who I really am. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I just feel there's just something about it mm-hmm. that just like elevates me like 10 levels. Yeah. So I can, like I said, I'm not trained like you, but it, okay. it just, it brings me joy. Mm-hmm. It brings me joy. Yes. Keep <laughs> who did you look up to from like the pop
1: star? Like, Oh gosh, I, um, I loved Britney Spears. I loved Britney. I, I knew it was going to be Britney. Uh, Britney was my first like, oh my gosh, like I love her. She was and, the best. Yeah. She was my first concert I ever went to. Um, I, my mom let my sisters and I go, they were all, like I said, they're older than me. So my oldest sister- drove us and the three of us went to our first Mm. my first concert together and it was so fun
0: britney has a special place in my heart because i grew up watching the mickey mouse club like i wanted to be on it um and so i watched it like i'm I'm four years older i think than britney and so i would watch it um you know, like with her and Justin and Christina and then like JC before like Sync came on, Carrie yeah. Russell, like uh-huh. just like everybody. And I was just like, I just really want to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it was a little before my time, but I was in an era where I was like, let's save the Mickey Mouse Club and bring it back. I was doing it with some other kid and he-, he ended up actually, he's like a music producer now that- <laughs> It's on Instagram like occasionally like we correspond but like we don't talk as much obviously anymore yeah. but he made it like big in life and, <laughs> and and he was like all about that and I think he actually went on and wrote a song for Britney and oh my like, gosh that's so cool <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. The things you're connected to that you don't right, right you're like connected to that's but, so awesome yeah but yeah I loved her and um I was very much in that phase of like, yeah. Britney Spears and then Backstreet Boys, NSYNC came up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I went to a PetSmart a couple of weeks ago and they had an NSYNC shirt for my dog, for a dog. So I was like, well, oh, so guess who's going to be wearing an NSYNC shirt? Ah! Love that. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, I, I okay. loved NSYNC. I still do. Yeah. If they had a reunion tour, you'd go. I would <laughs> absolutely go. I would spend yeah. an insane amount of money to go. Yeah. they just made me ha- they made me happy <laughs> yeah
1: you know, that was like when oh, the boy band date that was just such an era of music then yeah and, it was it was so good um, and I don't know I, I miss that part me so- too that's why I list
0: that's like that's a bunch of the music I listen to now and I'm like does this make me old <laughs> like is this like considered oldies now <laughs>
1: I know. Yeah, I
0: think it is going to end up being considered oldies sooner. It's okay. I am okay. I'm going to embrace it. Um, So I just want to give you a few minutes to let our listeners know where they can follow you and um, whatever, whatever else you want to share. I want to give you the last few minutes to do that.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Um, That's usually where I add people to like my page and stuff. So you can find that at positively me, Ashley Marie, and my email is the same as well. And just, um, I think, you know, through this whole process, like a big thing that I would hope to ever help each person with is to know that like, no matter how big or small, the things, the trials that they're going through day-to-day life, like you can overcome it and you can create these things in your life that help you to do that and help you to just find like that gratitude every morning when you wake up, like no yeah. matter what you're going through and and we can go through some very hard, hard things. And it's hard to be grateful in those moments, but like, if I can challenge you to write down three things that bring you gratitude in that moment. Even if it's like my, my cup of coffee is like, yes. oh, love yeah. <laughs> or the sun like is coming out today. I need that sun. Like mm-hmm. today, anything, anything remotely, even as small as it is, like, take a moment to like, find that gratitude and, and always know that like, whatever you're going through, like in these moments, like there's going to be a brighter moment and a brighter day and like, keep pushing, keep working through it. and And when you're your mind and your life allows you to take a moment to see like the good that came from the hard, like try to find those moments too, because, um, you learn a lot from there and it gives you that hope yeah. for, for life and, and for people. And I don't know, just, and also be kind and, and shine a light where you can. There's well, a lot you- of crazy things going on in the world. There are, there are. A lot of hard things to watch, and um if you can do anything, help to shine brighter than that and bring good to someone's life so
0: well thank you you definitely thank you like you definitely bring good to like so many people's thank lives you. actually
1: thank you i I appreciate being here and having a chance to just talk and speak other than just like on my own instagram <laughs> and actually tell like a full story because there's a there's a full story there some days. And, um, thank
0: you for giving me this opportunity. My pleasure. Okay. So how amazing is Ashley? I had really no idea about anything aside from the fact that, you know, she was a beach body coach and she has an ileostomy, and she has a couple of kids. I I knew nothing aside from that when I reached out to her, and that she was super positive and and upbeat. And um, I was learning about her, as I mentioned earlier. This, you know, at the same time, I was just speaking to her, and um, I was just blown away by. Her ability to work through adversity, her ability to be positive, her strength, her courage, her willingness to be vulnerable, her desire to help other people. I was touched by everything um after i spoke with her i told my husband i said that's a conversation that's going to stay with me forever and um it will and i feel so blessed that i was able to connect with her and i feel so blessed that i'm able to provide ashley with a space for her to share her story and for you to just get to know her because she's, she's an amazing person and I feel so fortunate to have her in my life now. Um, I just, I get emotional talking about her because what she experienced was far more than what, I even anticipated. And hearing everything that she's gone through and worked through, and just seeing the person that she is, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, it's empowering, I think, for all of us. And I just I was just so moved by that conversation. Um, if you want to follow Ashley, you can find her at positively me, Ashley Marie, on Instagram. She is a beachbody coach, and she is actually hosting a monthly accountability group for women and moms who want to work on their health and wellness journey and have a community of like-minded and I guess like doing individuals. And, you know, she can help you if if you're interested in building like a, a business around purpose, passion, and your wellness journey. If like, that's something that just kind of vibes with you, then she can help you with that too. And if you just want to know an amazing person, just follow her and reach out and say, hi, (laughs) she's, she like blew my mind and touched my heart in so many ways. If you have a story that you want to share with me. Doesn't have to be Ashley's story. Doesn't have to be Pani's story. Doesn't have to be Chelsea's story or Tina's or Dara's. Your story. If that's something that you want to share with me, I want to create a space for you to do that. So you can reach out to me on Instagram. You can send me a DM at Awaken the Extraordinary, you can email me at Christy K R I S T I at awakinthextraordinary.com. We have so much to learn from each other. We can be inspired by each other, we can be we can be encouraged by each other, and I just want to create that space. So if this is something you're interested in, reach out to me. And if this episode moved you, if It touched you in any way. I would love for you to share it with someone else. You can save the link and text it to somebody or you can share it on your stories. If you do share it on your stories, be sure to tag me and tag Ashley. I always appreciate people who, one, listen, and two, take the time to share this or write a review or rate it or follow and I want to know if you do that so I can personally thank you because I do appreciate it as I say all the time I know that you have so many different things vying for your time and attention and I just thank you so much I appreciate it so much you choosing to share some of that with me as always stay kind Stay compassionate and stay curious with yourself and others. And I will talk with you soon.